What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to VCast, where church and culture come together. As always, if you haven't already liked or subscribed to this podcast, please do so. Give us a like, follow us, and uh, everything you do helps us to continue to reach people with the Word of God. So we love you guys. I hope you enjoy this podcast today. God bless you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to VCast. I'm your host, Jacob, and today I'm here with a guest, Mr. John. Say what's up, John. What's up, guys? All right. So today, today's video, we're going to be going over the topic, I am new. It's going to be in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24. Um, we're going to have a little discussion about what it means to be new. That's sort of the main idea of this entire episode. So we're just going to get straight into it, all right? Um, so obviously the term new and being new and wanting to be new is not um, unheard of within obviously the Christian culture and the kind of stuff that we might hear on a Sunday or even when we read our word. Um, wanting to be new is something that the whole world has in common, all people have in common, whether they're Christian or atheist, whether they read the Bible or the the most popular magazines coming out right now, there's always a formula given to people on how to be new, right? So my question for you, John, is why is being new so attractive to people? I feel like I feel like the reason why being new is so attractive to people is that people always have this mindset of, oh, like I'm all right, but I could be better. Like they like everyone always sees that like there's always an issue that needs to be fixed. So I feel like the thing that's very attractive, even not even just in Christian society, but in society in a whole, is that there's always something that needs to be fixed, something that could always be better, could be improved upon. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't like the way I am right now. I need to be better. Yeah, it's just, it's sort of like our, our nature in a way to kind of, like we're our worst critics. We're yeah. always gonna criticize ourselves the worst, worse than anybody else. So this idea of wanting to be new and these other people or these other things having the answer on how to be new is always really attractive to us. We're sort of religious by fallen nature. And yeah. by religious by fallen nature, I mean that we're always desiring something to put our worth into, whether it be people, things, or God himself. We, we, we try and gain worth somehow. So that means that th there's obviously a way to do it right, right? There, there's got to be a way. I mean, us yeah. as Christians believe that there is a right way to do it right and to fully be new. And um, some ways that people try and do it is they try and do it through their works. They try and do their best by themselves to do it. And we believe that when you try and put it into your own hands it, it doesn't work out that way and and my uh, another question that i have for you that i hope that you can answer is why is it harmful to think that our actions or our works are enough for us to be saved or to be new because whenever like the thing i love about christianity for that question is that the thing i love about christianity is that we're the only religion that we can't we we accepted the reality that we can't do it and that we've also accepted the reality that it's only by a powerful God and a powerful savior that we can. So I think the false the false assumption we could have whenever we whenever we think that we could be enough on our own is that no matter how hard we try, no matter how much stuff we do, we will never be satisfied because we always think that there's more. Or we're always like, like you said earlier, that we were our hardest critics. It's like, oh, when we do stuff, we were like, oh, but it's not enough. 
or I could have done it better. I could have I could have been more more fluent. I could have been more this. I could have been more that. So even no, no matter what we do, even if it looks perfect to other people's eyes in our own eyes, it'll look like garbage. But with the thing about Christianity is that we can hold on to what Jesus has done, hold on to what He has done for us on our behalf. So that's what I love about Christianity and love that we're we're that one religion that does it different. Yeah, that that's exactly where. I was that that's the exact direction that I was heading and it's this idea that since we are our hardest critics what we do will never be enough so when we get to that next level when we get to this next step we're always going to be just focusing on the next step ahead and we're always going to try and be better even when you get to that point let's say five years from now you want to be at this place when five years pass and you get to that place you're going to set a new standard again because now you're not going to like where you are five years right but the good thing about christianity is the fact that we put our faith in someone who is enough yeah and it doesn't get better than him so there is no it could be better when it comes to christianity because we've been given better yeah and it's not within ourselves it's within someone else when it's within yourself you're always going to be looking down on yourself and and figuring out what you can do to be better but christ has given you the answer and has the way to make you new. He he is the the the, the one source of true newness and true yeah. salvation. So we get this, and this is some biblical language that I'm going to be using. We get this through things like justification, right? And justification is something that makes us externally new. And we're going to be focusing on that real quick right over here. We're going to be going over externally new, internally new, and eternally new. And these are the three types of sort of newness that we see within the Bible, or at least spoken of in the Bible, especially in Ephesians, which is why we're focusing on it. So we're going to go over first justification, which is externally new. And the question that I want to start off with is how can God justify us, declare us righteous without himself becoming unjust by overlooking sin? Um, something that I always talk about whenever it comes to like God's justification is that, yes, God is, is graceful and God is merciful. But that does not allow like it doesn't it doesn't make god not just by that i mean like it doesn't it doesn't automatically ignore his justice like whenever god has wrath and there's a price to pay it's not like he just ignores it whenever it comes to us it's like there had to be a price to pay and that thing i love about jesus is that he died the death that we should have died and in that way we're uh i can think of like uh he took our place that whenever we were supposed to die he kind of like uh took the bullet for us in a sense where that when we we were the one who deserved to have that punishment, Jesus was the one who took that final blow. So in the way that God is able to be just and that that uh punishment and justice was still carried out, but he still showed grace by making someone else take the punishment that we should have had. Exactly. We can't justify ourselves, though many people exhaust themselves trying to. Justification is something that happens externally from us. God takes away our sinful unrighteousness through the substitute substitutionary death of jesus and imputes to us jesus's righteousness in place of our unrighteousness that's justification it is an outside source not something that we do within ourselves but something that's happened outside of us and that's the sacrifice and death and resurrection of jesus christ yeah and now that we've covered justification which is the external newness we're going to go over regeneration which is the internal newness now, the word regeneration only appears twice in the Bible. It's described both in the New and Old Testament by a constellation of images 
Examples include partakers of the divine nature, new creation, and new heart. But in Ephesians, how is it mentioned? Well, in Ephesians, regeneration is it's spoken upon as becoming like a new man, as becoming made alive together with Christ, as created in Christ Jesus. And each one of those phrases, it kind of talks about how it's like, an, like it is a change that happens that we can't like revert back to. And I always think of that verse where it's like, where like oh you the the living don't belong in the land of the dead it's like we have now been made alive that we can't go back to our sinful nature because we were once dead in those trespasses it's like but now we're made alive in christ so whenever we go back to those things we can't necessarily be there because it's like how are we going to be in the land of the dead when we were when we were already living exactly um that old us is dead they're gone yeah. they've been buried and they've been that um i remember paul i forgot exactly where but i know paul says that he was crucified with Christ, meaning like his old self was was crucified and thrown up in debt and was buried. Yeah. And he rose again alive in Christ. So he shared a death like Christ, not physically, but spiritually. He shared a death like Christ and then shared a resurrection like his. Yeah. Where now he was made new again. Um, so that is regeneration. That's the internal newness that we get when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Again, it's still happening from Jesus Christ. And although it is internal, it is not coming from us. It still happens because of the external newness, the justification, which then leads into regeneration. And lastly, how I said is eternally new. This is a process that we that is called glorification. Um, so another question that I want to ask you is as we live and breathe right now, all of us, us listening, you and me here, all Christians everywhere that claim to be new, that claim to be saved. As we live and breathe right now, are we eternally new at this moment? I would say no, because I would say this. We have been externally made new. We are being eternally new. But I don't say internally new, but we are not eternally new. It's a mouthful. Yeah. But like we are not there yet because even though we are we are in Christ and we have been made alive in Christ, we like even though it's it's like oh it's like it's kind of bad, we're still in a body that's that's sinful. We're still in a body of flesh that no matter no matter how much I try or no matter how much we try, we will still be faced with temptation every single day. We will be going through those things that tempt us. And even though we have been justified in life and we are being regenerated, we will not be eternally new until we go into heaven and we have a new, holy, glorifying to God body that doesn't crave sin, that doesn't crave temptation, but fully glorifies God as its nature. So like, I would say no, that even though we are externally and internally new, we haven't, we have yet to be made eternally. Exactly. Um just like what you said, we, we're, to, we're, we're not totally new yet, but we are genuinely new. We, we are genuinely new people. And yeah. that's true. We're new people. But because we still exist within the same flesh, like when I got saved, my flesh didn't change. I'm still in the same body. Yeah. Now my spirit has been made alive and the old Jacob has is dead, but I'm still in this body. The good thing is that this body doesn't carry on into eternity. Yeah. So I'll be given a new body. Why do I need to be given a new body? Because this one is, although that I've been made genuinely new and I'm clean, this body's still dirty. And yeah. this body is still a part of this world. I have that seed of rebellion from Adam still in me, 
Although, of course, again, I am genuinely new and I don't want people to think I'm saying that I'm not new or that this is just like a farce. Like I didn't really I'm not really saved. I am. And as God sees me right now, he sees me as blameless and holy before him because I'm covered in the blood of his son. Yeah. But my body, this this person that I am, I still struggle with temptation. I still struggle with sin. Not willingly, of course. First John yeah. says that you don't make a habit of sinning. And no longer do I make a habit of sinning. But I fall short every day, which is why I need that justification that we talked about every day. Justification and regeneration are a lifelong process that you'll yeah. go through the, your entire time here on earth. So the promise of the gospel is that one day we'll die, right? I mean, that's not the promise that the gospel makes. We all know that we're going to yeah. die. But the promise is that one day when I die, and if I die in Christ, I will be made completely and totally new in eternity with Jesus Christ forever. Thank you guys for tuning into our podcast. I hope that you enjoyed yourself. If you did, don't forget to give us a like, a follow, subscribe, comment, and share this podcast with as many people as you know so we can get the word of God out to everyone everywhere. We love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you guys on the next episode.